Okay, just going to just look at my little levels. I think that's probably still good from last time. Okay, well, hello there. Um, it's uh, it's been a while since I've done a Saberland, but again, see now that we're in we're in like um, now that it's uh, we're in August. Um, there's just there's just so little going on hockey wise that there's just there's uh there's i mean there's no reason for episodes and like i said last time i'm doing i'm in i'm in the the midst of editing madness um but there are there are always a few things that can be said and uh i've got some bills news i haven't i haven't talked as many as much bills but i do want to uh i mean again there's no there's no reason that this can't be a bit of a bills show it's a it's it's really a it's a general interest uh, I guess podcast, but with like a definite Buffalo tint, of course, and probably and within that Sabres, but, um, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it, it doesn't have, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I just feel, I almost feel weird describing this to people. I never want to pigeonhole myself as like, this is strictly hockey or strictly Sabres. Um, so, uh, not that, not that people are asking me these things cause yeah, but, uh, well, we've got, uh, yeah, there's, 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 well, there's, it's kind of a weird day in the world. It's a, hor- it's a horrible day, actually, right now. There's stuff going on. It's Saturday afternoon, but, uh, I don't know, whatever day this is. But, um, well, but I'm just gonna, yeah, we're here. Um, spent the whole day basically in GarageBand, so I'm just gonna, now, just, just felt the need to do this. I don't even, this may well be the last episode for this, for the, for like until, like, September, very, very likely, um, just wanted to get back in here in the saddle and just, uh, have a chat, so, um, I don't even know where we are, I think this is, I think we're on episode 15 of, of this little venture, if that's correct, then welcome, uh, I don't, I, I guess if this is, if this is a different episode number, I apologize for not even knowing, but, um, yeah, this is it, thanks. How was that for an introduction, huh? Just, just amazing. So, um, all right, now I'm going to get into, I will, I'm going to talk about the Bills because, uh, no Sabres news that I can recall, um, or nothing I I still remember, wanted to to, to say, um, although I guess guess they're saying, they're, they're, they're close to signing Eichel apparently, but who even cares? Like, just tell me, let me know. When, when he's either signed or he's gone, you know, but that's all I care about. Um, yeah, let's see, did they do anything else? No, because they had, no, there's the, yeah, I mean, again, it's, I guess, uh, yeah, I was, there was some stuff of this, like, whatever tournament was just going on. Um, Middlestat was playing, guess he did well, but, he, and see, I can't even make myself interested in summer hockey. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. So that's it. Um, looking forward to Sabres coming back. I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm 
excited. I played a couple games in NHL Online this week. I roasted a couple people. Um, I'm never even that good. I, have, I, I'm, I go, go in streaks where I just sometimes I just can't lose, and then I nothing I can do will work. Um, so I think the new I think the new NHL comes out in about a month. And uh, there's like it's like the Young Stars edition where they're so it's like McDavid is obviously the cover, um, but the trailer focuses on like M- Eichel, Matthews, Line A. Um, so I mean, whatever. I'll just give me a good franchise mode. And that's all I want. Um, the best one ever was NHL two. The two K NHL two K series was always better anyway. I mean, two K just does sport does sports games better than EA, um, but with hockey, there's no choice. Um, so I remember uh, NHL 2K5 was the best, was the, really the the greatest hockey video game I've ever played because it was like it was on the PS2, good good graphics and pretty believable like physics engine, um, and and it, similarly people will say that NFL 2K5 is was possibly the best football game, and I can't remember if that was the one that had the the helmet cam option or not, which was crazy, um, but it was just like it was just really good football uh, for I mean for a video game. And there are still people who like release updated rosters and like um, still will play that to this day because it's the high watermark. At any rate, 2K5 of uh, hockey, NHL 2K5 was um, every single mode in it was great. Um, but you could play like uh, there are fun wacky rinks, which I really regret that that's no longer in the. Uh, I think Adam and I discussed this. Yeah, you could play certain old games. You could play on the like baseball. You could play on the moon or something. Um, it's there two like hockey games you used to be able to have uh yeah you could like i think in in 2K5 you could play like oh well, you could play just like shinny like it was out like on a glacier um and you might have been able to play like on a space station or something um but you didn't have to unlock stuff you know none of this modern online game nonsense where you have to like you buy like the basic game and then you pay for upgrades or you unlock stuff like you just bought the game and there it was and that was it and you just could have fun um, and then there were like all these crazy like arcade modes where you could play these insane like mini games with hockey players, and it was just super fun. Um, a great part. It might have just been called like party mode. Anyway, um, but I had a good. I had a couple good franchises going in the, over the years of 2K. I think um, what would be fun was what made it so much fun that I remember was uh, you could. There was like a believable system of like drafting and and developing players. So I I don't know why I this name I'll never forget this guy's name, but I I think I I want to say that I was just I had chosen the Red Wings to do as a franchise. And I drafted a guy who was like an 80 overall at 18 years old, but I was like I'm not going to rush him. I'm going to let him slow cook the true tried and true Red Wings style. Never rush anybody up too young. And uh so he came in and I, and I like over the course of a few seasons, I'd give him like a couple games a year, but mostly let him slow cook in the AHL. And, uh, his name was Obober Postnikov. I don't know where they ever got those names. I don't think anyone has ever been born with the Christian name spelled O-B-O-B-U-R. It's just, I don't think Obober is a real name, but Postnikov was a great name. P-O-S-T-N-I-K-O-V. So Obobor Postnikov was my favorite player, and he did pretty well. He didn't ever fully live up to expectations, but I just remember enjoying, like, like I'd called him up for, like, three games and when he was 18, he scored, like, a goal, and, like, it was a plus one, and then, like, got 10 games the next year, and then a couple of years later, and I always just enjoyed that. And I think I had, 
Oh, I had a couple. I had a couple guys that were. There was a guy I think, and I, don't, I can't remember this his name because I was doing a, a Predator series. But I, you know, so every now and then you could you could draft a guy and develop him into like a huge scorer, and it was really fun. The best player I've ever drafted and who was ever automatically created in a video game was defenseman out of China, Willie Tran, who I drafted to the Leafs the one year. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I did. I was I was the Leafs, but. This guy was so good. He he was a defenseman, left left shooting defenseman, and I swear he scored he would score 70 goals a season. And I didn't even modify his stats. He just was amazing. And for whatever reason in the game, there was just insanely high there was a you could simulate and have guys score tons of goals and it was really fun. And so like and yeah, and I, I just I turned the Leafs into like the greatest dynasty with led by Willie Tran on D. And uh yeah, he's like Paul Coffey, the second coming of Coffey, and it was really good. Um, yeah, oh yeah, and I had, I, yeah, there was another guy, Senate Desjardins, another great player. Anyway, I'm just talking about remembering polygons of, of bygone polygons. Um, incidentally, that was the name of my band in college. Actually, no, that was our single. Anyway. Um, so video games, yeah, you know, I, 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 but nowadays in the so-called next generation video games, well, just whatever. So the, the state of the sports video game circa 2017 is, uh, one of less e emphasis seemingly on arcade and more on realism, which is, you know, has, it's, it's, it's a mixed blessing, but, um, you know, the, the, the upcoming game looks like they're putting an emphasis on fun. Uh, with the way that they're advertising these the young stars and things, and that would be great. I mean, I hope that you can, you know, seemingly take, let's just say, even well, forget the Sabers for a moment. If I could, if you could just take do a franchise moment with with the Oilers, and you know, I just I know all anybody wants is to have McDavid score two hundred points a season in real in 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 hockey um, in hockey's history is real and imagined and sim and video game simulated. So we'll see. That's about a month away. So once I get that, I'll probably start. I don't know, doing some, I'll talk about that. I'll get a Sabres franchise going. The we, the six, NHL 17 um, was, eh, see, that their big mode, they invested heavily in the World Cup of Hockey, which was like such a disappointment overall. It was a fun idea, and all anybody wanted was Team North America, and they had like three games, and then now no one, no one even remembers it anymore. I never will talk about it again. But um, that is that that mode is in this game, which was fun for like, yeah, it was fun to do that for like a week, and then the tournament ended, and now and nobody cares. But anyway, so I think let's see, any anything else I need to cover with the Sabers? I guess no, they got everybody signed. Um, yeah, you know, there's just there's just like you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they, because you know, Giantas, he clearly he's not going to come back in the same capacity, but he's just out. There are a bunch of guys who just never didn't sign in July, in the league. I mean. And uh, they're just not—they're just not coming back the way it was. Like Gianta may—I mean, he—he he probably will sign a tryout deal with somebody, and maybe the Sabers. That'd be great. It's clear that yeah, if he's going to come back, he'd have to. It seems that he would—that um, that if he were to come back, it would be a much reduced role. Even though he can still play, but I don't know that he has a. It's like Pominville has, I think, has basically taken that spot from him. Um, and that's fine. But he's—you know—but but Pominville signed for a couple years, so. I'm not sure that Giant is really getting has a spot anymore, but if he, if if they think that he can he can come in and do something, that'd be awesome. Because um, I mean he's a great leader and did and contributed pretty well. I mean he's just not 
you know, you're not going to lose so much value with him. He's just questionable about how much compared to other players you really get from him. But, um, and I'm still holding out hope to Saber sign Yager, um, for training camp, but who knows? I mean, <laughs> pie in the sky. So yeah, camps, you know, I guess it's about a month away for players reporting, I would, I think. Um, I always, yeah. And, uh, you know, I say, you know, I keep saying I might talk more about my backs, but they're really sliding. Um, and I guess the, I guess the Arizona has a good shot still on m- most likely of making the, like getting to the wild card game. Cause they're not going to catch the Dodgers, obviously. Dodgers have run away with it, and we'll probably win the World Series. I mean, I guess all anybody wants is, like, the Dodgers and Astros. Wait, is that possible? I keep forgetting who, which, who's in what league. Yeah, I think the Astros are... I think the Astros are um, AL. I'm not going to look this up while we're on here. Well, at any rate, um, all anybody wants is is the... Is is I mean I think well I don't yeah I think the Dodgers should make it to the World Series and just it'd be cool if they won because you just they could we could use like a I don't know I just like I, I've always I just like the Dodgers and I always have um, incidentally they one of their I've learned this somewhat recently is that one of their first stadiums back in Brooklyn was literally a block from where I currently live um, it's no longer there it's now a school but there's if you ever are in park the Park Slope area and you there's a between uh, between Fourth and Fifth Avenues, there is a that's those that's a really long, it's a really wide um, block, and uh, so there's a cup, and then there's a there's a section between Fourth um, Street, which is where I am, and up to like the non-numbered streets that, but in in the that other little quadrant between Fourth and Fifth Aves and above Fourth Street, I think. Well, really, it goes further down than just Fourth Street, but at any rate, um, that was. Uh, I don't, that wasn't Ebbets, but it was one of those, one of those old fields, and the Dodgers played there for like one year, and then it burned down, um, which is just funny to me. But um, anyway, uh, but you know, and 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 I also learned I didn't know this until this is really within the last few months. I learned that the Dodgers are so named because um, because people used to dodge the streetcars in Brooklyn, so a Dodger was somebody who would like run around and jump between trains. Um, which is just a funny image, and can't not like that. So, um, and the Dodgers, of course, have just a, just a beautiful classic baseball jersey. Um, so, uh, can't not like them. At any rate, though, I'm still I've I've, beca- I, I've just a I've just adopted Arizona teams, excluding the Cardinals, but the the, the Diamondbacks and Coyotes I've adopted as my, and and to some extent the Suns, because strangely enough, of the I think of the four times I've been to an NBA game, two of them have been against the Suns. Um, all here in Brooklyn, um, and of course the Suns and Nets the last two years have been among the worst in the league, but uh, it doesn't matter. Um, so obviously the Nets would be my favorite team, even though, I, again, obviously they're the worst. They would be my favorite base basketball team, but the but I just can't, but the but the Suns are up there. Um, mostly I just love Phoenix and because of my, I just had such a good time about a year ago. I just loved it. Um, I've always been interested in Arizona and the desert. Because it's a complete un-Buffalo. But actually, when I got to the airport, I had, well, in the, uh, I think it's Sky Harbor in Phoenix, the, um, the, you see all these signs as you go through, they say, the nicest airport in America. And I was like, okay, whatever. Crossing my arms and flipping my hair as I walked down the jetway. Um, but I, and so I, you know, and, but I got to the uh, TSA and the guy 
pulls out my ID. And at the time, I hadn't renewed my license. Now my, now my driver's license reflects my current address. But I had still had my, actually had had my license that showed my address back from Marilla, the town I grew up in. Because um, I just, it, it, because in seven years prior, um, that had been my full-time address. So the guy pulls out my D in Phoenix after I got off my flight, and he goes, uh, oh, you're from uh, New York. Where's Whereabouts? And I go, well, you know, there's a little town near Buffalo. And I always, and you know, you can always, you know how when you TSA are looking, they, they're constantly, their eyes are flicking from your ID to your face and back and forth, back and forth. Um, so usually, if anyone who's listening to this who's from Buffalo kind of will, will recognize this, when you tell someone that you're from Buffalo there, if especially if they're looking away from you, they will sort of look up with you with a sort of curious, con contentious distaste. Um, or they're sort of just surprised and judgmental already. And then they'll sort of get this, after they get this look, they'll just say, Buffalo, huh? Um, and then they'll be like, yeah, it sounds, it's pretty cold there. Depending on, it's always going to be a range of negative reactions. Because it's something like, oh, I hope you like the cold. Or like, oh, how cool is it there now? Or something like that. Because all they know is cold and just piling on typical stuff. But Mr. TSA man in Phoenix, aka the nicest airport in America, goes, you know, Buffalo must be a pretty great place. <laughs> I was aghast. And I said, what? And he, and he goes, we've had a couple people who moved here from Buffalo, and then they all moved back within a year. So it must be pretty good because they want to go back. And he was totally honest. He wasn't being sarcastic. He was completely smitten with the, the fealty that these, these uh, recalcitrant, re, uh, re, <laughs> repatriated Buffalonians by way of Phoenix, um, their display of fealty, he was, he was completely smitten. He just, and he was just really the nicest TSA agent I've ever met. And I immediately thought, well, this, this, is, a great, this is a great place, Phoenix. So, um, and I had a great time the rest of it. Um, a work trip, yes, but uh, I just found it a magical, wonderful place. And I sort of wandered off into the desert at one point. Uh, not really. Um, but I was trying to drive and see um, Taliesin West, but it was closed. But you just kind of drive up this you know, long and winding road, um, like George Harrison said in the song. <laughs> um, and and uh, got to this gate that was closed, but like I couldn't get around it, but I also was just, it was a stunning, it was right around sunset, so I was just like, parked my, got my car on the road, just like wand, walked around a little bit in the desert, which now, in hindsight, might have been pretty stupid, because there could have been any number of snakes or scorpions or other prickly, deadly things, but uh, I didn't die or get pricked, so it was very, it was, it was amazing, but uh, I just touched, I touched the skin of a cactus and um, just felt alive. So... Anyway, Phoenix is very nice, and uh, I'm rooting for the uh, the backs. But they uh, they've got some work to do. They had a great first half of the season, and then just sort of I know they got some injuries, but their pitching is their bullpen is just completely deteriorated. Um, they can't seem to they can still score a little bit, but they don't. They just can't. Yeah, they can't do it. So it doesn't the season's not over, but they so as long as they don't completely completely fall apart, um, which I guess I just said they did. Um, as long as they don't fall off and just go on a you know ten or twenty game, fifteen game slide, um, they should be able to stay in the wild card spot and face the Rockies. Because um, you know, even if they went, even if they went the other way and got really good, they're not going to catch the Dodgers. But um, should be an exciting end of the season. Is I guess what I'm getting at.
But at any rate, um, I'm not, I, I know I had, I've mentioned them a couple times, but they're not getting better. They're just sort of buffalo-ishly um, hanging around 500. And I've been there before, so I guess I'm getting nervous. Um, so I'm going to, I'm just going to hold off on Vax's talk and just wait, I guess, till playoffs. And also it's just like, it's just August. It's hard to get through. Even though it goes fast, you just got to kind of bear down and get through it and get to the fall. And, um, we all do. So, which brings us to the sport at hand, which is the return, the glorious return of more Buffalo Bills football. Um, it's another season. We've got 17 years of no playoffs. And, uh, as of yesterday, traded our best receiver and probably best is certainly most experienced corner, um, for some guys, pile of guys and a couple of picks. And, um, yeah, it's very, it's interesting. I don't know what, uh, of course there's, it's, it's, there's no point in really in pretending to know what it's going to mean. It's just strange timing, um, because it's, uh, it seems like a, it seems like a, it's, it's, even regardless of whether it's a tank, quote, tank move or rebuilding move, it's, it's such a big, it is just such a big move that it's just so rare to see that now without a clear cause to do two things out of the blue uh, at the same time like that, two huge, you know, trades are so rare in the NFL, but, and seemingly, again, there's no, no clear reason, um, you know, it might it might be one thing if this was week six of the season or uh, or the off season it would have been totally fine or totally understandable, but uh, it's very odd. Now, not that but all that said, I'm not I'm really not sure the Bills didn't get better um, because of the way they want to play. I mean, the, one of the things that I always thought the thing that was always drove me crazy about Watkins was that he just did he just doesn't belong on a team like the Bills. I don't really know where he belongs. Um, I'm not sure that any Clemson player has ever been good in the NFL. Like an off, they have like Spiller was the same. There's the there's the guy down in Houston, um, the other receiver, Hopkins, incredible player. Um, Hopkins and Watkins are like the same. <laughs> uh, actually, sounds like a funny uh, could that could be like a show, Hopkins and Watkins. It's like two. It'd be like it'd like two crime solving British bunnies or something. It'd be like a great children's show. Um, Mr. Hopkins and Mr. Watkins. Anyway, they, uh... What's that noise? It's my soul coming up to grab me. Um, there's, uh... I don't think any Clemson offensive player has ever amounted to a hill of beans in the NFL. But it doesn't mean there's not they're not talented. C.J. Spiller was one of the most... Again, he was one of the most gifted athletes I've ever seen. And Watkins is kind of the same way. Um... Though he can't, he really can't stay healthy. Spiller, Spiller had some injuries that weren't, I don't think they were necessarily his fault. Um, though he didn't, no, yeah, but he kind, they kind of worried. They're, they're very similar because they just had mo moments of unparalleled brilliance and yet completely unsustainable. It's like, yeah, I know, it's like, you know, Sammy Watkins is like um, a car that, that just like can't start when it's raining out or something and, and you live in, and you live in Seattle. Like, why would you do that? Why, uh, isn't that like some, didn't Jaguars do that for a while? I don't know, well, my dad will know. Um, like, I, I seem to remember that from the Mad Men plot, that when they get the Jaguar account, they, the car never starts. But it's like, you know, it's like a sports car that doesn't work half the time. Well, that's what Sammy Watkins was. 
um, or, or I mean, ha- has been in the Bills. I mean, I, and you know, maybe he'll turn it around. Maybe the L.A. climate, or just maybe the Rams will just be a better fit for him. Um, but it doesn't. It has nothing to do with with climate again, or. or but but um, the Bills don't want to. They don't they haven't built their team to be. To be like the you know like the like the Kelly era Bills even then like even even the, when my rec- dim recollections of of the Bills with uh, you know Andre Reid was they didn't have even uh, Andre was not a, a Sammy type you know he was like a it's just different I don't know just like Watkins is I guess he was difficult to describe he's very fast and he's I guess he's he's not really physical he's not big and he doesn't jump up and can make dramatic catches but he's got but he's an, he's, when you watch him, you can see him. He's an incredible talent. Um, but he can't really do anything that really is effective game, like in the game. Unless he's wide open, you can throw him a pass, and he runs and scores. But like he doesn't... How, I mean, how many games did he win for the Bills? I think this Matthews guy is a much better fit for what, I, what they're trying to do. He probably... I don't know that he's a good pass blocker, but he probably is. And he also is just... I think Tyrod needs guys who can like run short range routes and get open and get up there and catch it. And it seems, and Bolden, I think is like that. And I think this Matthews guy, from what I feel like I vaguely remember of him, I think he's similar. And it sounds the guy they drafted, Zay Jones, is supposed to be like Anquan Bolden 2.0. Is what everybody was saying even before we signed Bolden. So I always thought that Sammy wasn't even a, was wasn't a fit. Like Tyrod's got a great deep arm, but he's also how often does he stay open long enough? Does the line hold up? And does he? He's just he. He's got a. He's got the arm to act to make a deep throw, but he's not like a. He's not really like a deep ball thrower. I mean, in terms of his the style, physically he can do it, but he's not set up for that. And I just don't think the Bills need that. And of course, the problem is he can't really throw over the middle or make. He can't really make mid-range throws that well when he's on the move. But well, maybe. Um, but maybe if he's got more guys open in the in the medium route, because I mean I remember last year things that drove Bills comment commentators crazy was seeing how he would miss guys who are wide open, you know, between I don't know five to twenty five yards from the line of scrimmage. Um, maybe that's even you know ten to twenty. Um, as opposed, like he could either check it down or throw go for a deep throw, but you know, uh, but his accuracy was all over the place. But anyway, if we've got like basically three or you know plus Clay, like three three medium range guys plus a tight end, just who don't even go that deep, that might be a much better thing for for Tyrod. And paired with the run game, um, if the Bills are really looking for a, like a possession medium output offense, medium meaning um, they're rarely going for a super deep throw, because um, we got rid of Goodwin got rid of all those like small speed guys that we've always had um and i don't and they never you know i just don't know that we've never had the quarterback to like really justify that um and again and, and i hate saying this but i heard someone say re- recently and then was that was a good point that the patriots have really have hardly ever had a watkins type not necessarily in skill but in terms of style um now they do because they got what's his face stills um and then they had randy moss a couple you know 10 years ago but They've always just had, just sort of like, yeah, just you know, it's it's Edelman and um, now Chris Hogan, who was on the Bills, but just guys who are just sort of like, you know, good, decently athletic, but like not super big or super 
fast, but just like can run the routes and make the catches. And like, I think, I think if that's, I mean, not that that is necessarily all one you need, but I think, um, I don't know. I think that if, if it, it, I think I'm, I'm not convinced that the, that this made the Bills worse because I just don't think Watkins was ever, you know, he would maybe he would have played eight games this year. He'd have two of those games. He'd have like all, you know 150 yards receiving and a couple touchdowns, which would be great. But like we're probably winning that game anyway, because he he's never. I don't how, how many times did he have a big game against a real opponent? Um, and that's true for most Bills players. But just because he was skilled doesn't mean it's it was a bad idea to get rid of him. Now, overall, I don't, I don't know that, I'm not saying that this is going to make the Bills good, um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it makes them better to the extent that they're going to be good, but I do think that they, I think they, I think they got better yesterday, um, and, and getting these draft picks helps, because ultimately, I think the, I think Matthews is at least, he's the very least, he probably will be on the field for the whole season, and you, I mean, I just, we know that Watkins has never shown that he can do that, um, and then the corner they got, I mean, I don't even know, but whatever, like, <laughs> see what he can do. Because um, it's not, I mean, Darby, again, I don't, well, you know, I mean, he was a high, high-ish high pick, and he, I, didn't, I didn't think he was terrible, but I, I, I don't know, whatever. Like, I mean, I, just, I think he's just a guy, and then they got a guy. So, you know, that's all right. What's funny is listening to the, the, the you know, like, listen to GR, even just today, the Saturday afternoon shows are always funny, but, um, you know, people calling in and just angry, and it's like, it's hard to even know, as a Buffalo sports fan, it's hard to even know what to feel, because it's just, even so many times we've been convinced that we finally got the right person, people in charge, even the right players, um, and always end up disappointed, so it's like, there's no other way to even feel it's safe to react to, to, to a move that is surprising like this. There's no other way that, to react other than with, um, you know, outrage or anger, um, in, in, in terms of what your first reaction is, because it's, it's just like, even, like, you, we've just, we've been burned before, by even if we thought ideas were good, they never work out. So, now I'm not certain, I'm not trying to make some argument that just because everybody thinks this is bad doesn't mean it's going to actually go well. Um, but it, it, it is funny because this is the first significant decision made by the current GM. Um, and yeah, you know, I will say he compared to Doug Whaley, he sounds, he's much more, he's, he's, well, there is no comparison. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult comparison because Whaley just was a blithering, blithering. Um, I actually kind of like the, the, uh, I like blithering as a, <laughs> as a word I've, um, as a, oh, what's that, as a word I've made up blathering and dithering it's actually blithering is a great word all right i'm gonna keep it whaley was a blithering idiot um uh and uh and and you know pagula can sound like that too but no i know i don't think that whaley actually what actually was an idiot but he sounded like one um and he didn't he just didn't have he was kind of an overqualified scout um and that happens a lot people just because you're a good scout doesn't mean you know how to manage a team um and all Whaley ever liked to talk about was scouting. Well, that's, you know, but, uh, anyway, um, you know, this is a huge repudiation of his one, his one, his kind of signature move, which was the trade up for Watkins and which was horrible asset management. Um, and then, and, and, and then because of that, because we didn't have a first round pick that next year, Darby was the, I think that timing matches up, but I remember Darby was the first rounder 
um, was, well, he was the first pick, and he was the second rounder, but he was the first pick of the Bills that one year. And I think it, I think so. I think they were consecutive. Yeah, because Darby did two years, and Sammy had done three, so this would have been his fourth, or this is his fourth season. Yeah. So, um, you know, two of the highest picks that, or, you know, two, two years, let's see, these, these two players were the first person, the highest picked guy that Whaley had picked in, you know, a couple different years. Um, and immediately the Bills came, new, new GM comes in and gets rid of both of them. That's an interesting, that to me, that's interesting. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think it's like they're trying to make a, a statement strictly, but, um, it does, it's, it's telling of what the Bills, um, talent pool, uh, it's telling of the, of the Bills talent pool and drafting and scouting, um, under the previous regime. And, uh, yeah, well, it's it's I I I find I'm just I am intrigued actually by these these moves. Um, I think the Bills got less exciting, but more but more interesting. But I think that they. I just I still think they got better. I mean, I don't I can't really. Of course, I have no. It's just an opinion, and I you know I, I well, time will tell. But because I but I also think that. I should also say, like, it's not, it's because it's easy, it's relatively easy to, for them to have gotten better, because I didn't think they were going to be that good. There's a, there's a chance they will be, they're just, they're right in the middle of, ex, of my expectations. There, there could be, it's just, I, I, it's, I think the division around them is so bad, excepting the Patriots, that the Bills' mediocrity could carry them to any, any number of records. Depends on, it depends really more on how bad everyone else is than how bad the Bills are. Because if they stand for one thing, it's mediocrity. That's why the thing. That's why these moves are interesting to me. Because if it really was a tank move, they would have just made the trades for picks and wouldn't have taken any players back at all. And they didn't do that. Um, and it's not even like the, uh, you know, putting other issues about like Evander Kane aside. If remember how that trade was, it was a pretty smart tank move because it was getting rid of, you know, two I think two roster players. Yeah, Myers and Stafford, two roster players and some picks, or and prospect a pick and a pros and prospects to get Bogosian and Kane. Kane was injured and didn't play the rest of the season, and of course Bogosian is also just a, a another it, it, another instance of a or example of a um of a of a guy who can't stay healthy and was a high pick and has maybe more physical uh, tools than he will ever be able to put together. Um, but uh, whatever, I don't care about Zach Bogosian. But he's, you know, he's he's a kind of. There's there are always guys like in every sport who are got all the all the yeah the skills you would want, um, but you can't quantify whether they're actually going to be able to use it. But anyway, um, that was a clear tank move because you, and it turned out that Bogosian didn't even play much that that year, but uh, Kane certainly couldn't. But it was like it was an easily justifiable move. Like, well, yeah, we picked up a guy and we'll have him when he's healthy. But clearly, it was a, it was an obvious tank, um, and got rid of Myers, who's you know, a questionable player himself. But he would, might still may have been the best defenseman on the team at the time, and Stafford's Stafford. But um, again, he's another guy who's got skill and, well, whatever. I don't even care about Stafford anyway. I just that's what's what's fascinating about the Bills is like, about these moves is they didn't, they didn't do that. You know, they did uh, they did get guys back and. Um, so I'm going to, I think it's going to be, I think it's an interesting season. Um, I'm excited to, for, for football to come back. There's nothing more, there's nothing better than just, uh, having some friends over and watching a game, um, uh, on a, on, of a Sunday. 
of course, uh, well, it was funny when Adam lived here for the last two years, it was, we didn't even have to think about it, but uh, now he's, he's gone, so I'll have to bring him over, but should be fine. But um, I think, yeah, I think we got three, three weeks till the football season begins. Um, I'm not doing anything, not going away for Labor Day. Maybe I'll do another Labor Day episode, which will be a, like the fine, that'll probably be the last, because I, I think the Sabres, the Sabres preseason will begin in about a month. I, I looked recently, it's not, it's not that far off. And, uh, and also I'm, I was looking at tickets today, because the Sabres are here on the 7th of October, so that will be, that'll be great, Get just to, so that's, I mean, that's under two months away itself, so I'm going to be, be going to a hockey game again soon, much better than that. So, all right, well, uh, did some Bills talk, uh, some laughs, some tears, um, yeah, I feel, oh, um, oh, okay, well, one more thing, so I, yeah, I feel like, you know, as I go through my life, I, in, in these days, and, uh, going to work and things, I, um, I will accumulate, or I will, I will recognize things, and, um, that I will, will say, oh, I want to mention that on Saberland, um, now, granted, I did, um, I did a lot more Saberlands in the, you know, two months ago than I have been doing in the last month, um, but I'll pick, a, I'll get back to a more normal pace once the season is on, underway, and I've finished Black Widows, um, we're getting there, putting a lot of work on that today, but, uh, um, so, but for, but these days, uh, recently, uh, I'll, I still, I don't think, I don't have that, that, the phenomenon of, uh, a Saberlandable moment, um, is no less frequent than it was before, I just, the, the frequency of the episode production is down a little bit, so, um, there's a tendency, I'm sure, to, I think, I think it's probably, I've probably forgotten a number of these things, but there's one that I have not, and, uh, I'm gonna take one more sip, I, I found a, um, I've got a tall boy of Labatt Blue, which is a wonderful thing. That yeah, the, I, I, it's a revelation that the um, the the grocery store near me, or one of them, um, they just they always keep Labatt Blue Tall Boys in stock, and also Labatt Ice, which is black, which is not as good a black can, but it's still still pretty good if the, if they're out of blue. But also recently, they have like a twelve pack of cans of of Labatt, which like there must be a ton of Canadians in this neighborhood, which is. I mean, it's great, but, um, I don't know, it's great, it makes me, just, it just makes me excited for hockey season, so, anyway, um, it's the beer that tastes like hockey, so last, last week, Friday, um, I went with, uh, a couple friends to, uh, see the Brooklyn Cyclones, which is the minor league, which is a, a minor league team within the Mets organization, um, it's short season, a level baseball. So it's one step below, I think they're the Columbia butterflies or something or whatever that are fireflies. And that's where team Tebow is currently stationed, um, pilot applying his trade. Um, so I, I was excited, hoping that there could be, that somehow Tebow could come to play in, in Brooklyn in Staten Island, which is, would be fitting and wonderful in so many ways. But I think he's already above, he's too high for this. So I, I, my understanding is that, yeah, short season A level baseball is 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 um, populated with players who went to college and finished completed the college World Series, um, which goes until I don't even know when May or whatever. So then this this short season starts after that, um, and then only goes through like the end of August or something. 
Um, and then I guess if you if you earn a contract or something after that, you would sorry, you would go to like full season A level, and then hopefully work your way up. Um, there's a whole page in the program of of the hierarchy, which was just fascinating to me. Um, someone was saying, and I don't know if this is true, but like that these I don't even I mean I, I wonder what these guys even what their contracts are even like or what the deal is. Someone said that these that they they all live like they'll just have they'll they'll be put up in like a long term hotel room. There'll be like six, you know, six or seven people like put in the same room, which just makes the whole baseball organization feel kind of strangely like uh, like like record like Korean record companies looking for pop superstars. So they just sort of put them into these camps that try to produce superstars, and they all have to live in the compounds together. And it's very strange and. And it's the seedy underbelly of Major League Baseball, um, just f- kind of interesting to me. And um, and all the guys on the t- we, we sat. And the great thing about low-level sports like that is you can sit, you know, three levels up from the dugout, and it's like fifteen-dollar seats or something. And um, it was fun. And I'd never been to a game there before. And it's right there in Coney Island, so the ocean's right in front of you. Um, you can see, you know, all the rides are right next to the park. It was awesome. Um, you know, it seats like six, I think, it, well, maybe, I, mean, I think they said 7,000. You know, it's just a good, a nice little ballpark. So, but the thing, the, the, the reason that that night was the night to go see it, see the Cyclones, was because for that night, they were not called the Brooklyn Cyclones. They were called the Brooklyn Slices. And uh, I, they, and, and they, their, their hat was the Brooklyn Bridge. The new logo for the night was, was the Brooklyn Bridge, but with a pizza slice as like the, the, the road, um, the bottom level. And I think I heard, um, oh, oh man, what was the, what was the, what was the architect's name? Um, I have that book, uh, about the building of the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, well, I've, I've embarrassed myself. Um, I could hear him spinning in his grave. Uh, no, I couldn't, but, uh, it was great though. And it was, and they had a free hat giveaway. So I got one. Um, I got a Brooklyn Slices hat, and it's amazing. Um, and it's just like, and there's been this whole, there's been this like whole thing this summer of minor league baseball teams changing their ni- their name for one night to become, uh, you know, I think the Syracuse team became the Salt Potatoes, Rochester team became the the plates, uh, the garbage plate, um, and a number of others have done some have, have followed suit. Um, I'm waiting for the Bisons to become the uh, the Wings or something, or the or the Zweigels for one night, um, or the Salins. It'd be great. Um, or the oh, the Buffalo Chevettas. Oh, that'd be the oh, that'd be so good. <sighs> well, maybe the Bills will do it. They won't. But uh, it was very fun, and I just love and I, and and what's wonderful about a thing like that. It's a, it's a it's a great gimmick because they also brought in. Um, an amazing old school Brooklyn pizza place to set up a, a brick oven, like just outside the park. And there's a guy there selling pizzas. I got one for 50, I got a pepperoni for 15 bucks, but it was the last one. And he goes, you know what? You want a hot pie? You go back, you go back to what's your name? And I was like, Oh, my name's Gordon. He's like, all right, I'm going to call. I'll call them. You're going to get a hot pie. Uh, just go on back there and get it. And it's two reasons that's the great, that's my, my favorite thing that's ever happened to me. One, because he used the phrase hot pie uh, unironically and un, uh, un, uh, un, uh, not even seemingly knowing that he was just referring to like one of, one of my favorite Game of Thrones characters. But second was because I went back there 
all the way back through like the bowels of whatever the MCU park, I don't even know what it stands for, some credit union. Um, and there's just no one there. You're just basically wandering around like the weed, like weedy, weed-filled parking lots and of Coney Island between uh, rides and lights and and then, but then there's strangely nobody there except this little pizza thing with a brick oven and like a big fat sweaty guy for some reason driving a forklift ar- around, bored like in a circle. And uh, and then I went and, and then there's like two guys making just making pizza. And I woke up and I was going, hi, you know, I I got sent here. Um, you know, to get a pizza, like, can you, can you give me one? And the guy goes, you Gordon? Yeah, I got you. And he just like throws, he just whips a, like a, a, a pie into the, uh, you know, like the dough and stuff in the oven and then like ignores me. And I just sort of stand there awkwardly. And, and then, uh, in a few minutes, then he, he goes, all right, it's ready. And he like throws this, sticks this giant spatula in and pulls it out. And the, it's like the best pizza I've ever seen. Um, and he puts it on like a little, little like, um, cardboard circle and just cuts it and just goes, here you go, sir. Have a good day. And just like hands it to me and like, and then like is back instantly back to doing, to making pies and like, doesn't care about me. Um, and I was like, all right. Um, but then I want to put it in the, there's like a big pile of boxes, pizza boxes, which I obviously want to put that in there so I can carry it back to my seat. So I put it in and like the, and the big fat guy driving the forklift stops and just, just like, just he, he just, he, he doesn't look like he'd be a nice guy, but he was. He just goes, uh, yeah, just take that off the circle and put it in the box. And I was like, okay, thanks. And like, I mean, I knew that, but I, and I did, because uh, the with the circle, it wouldn't have the little cardboard circle, like, wouldn't have fit in the square box. But I, I mean, obviously. But and then the guy like just like starts up this forklift around and just like keeps driving. And it was the weirdest thing. I just went back and ate the entire pizza, and it was incredible. It was uh, it was a Gargiulo's pizza, and uh, I just love that's that's everything I want out of living in New York City and going to a live event in New York City. It's just like it's just people with personality um, and no time for nonsense, but are also just nice people, um, and it was great. I mean, I just that's that's the best thing that there is in New York um, and baseball. Uh, and then the guys, the, and the game was hilarious because they're not, like, m- lower level, you know, prof- lower level, like, professional sports are funny because some play- players are are good and you probably have a future and some just clearly aren't. And that's the point. Um, but, like, one, like, the shortstop on the on the slices kept dropping. Like, he couldn't make, I don't think he made one catch all night when the ball came to him. Then tons of errors and just horrible plays. But it's like, that's what he's, he's there to develop his skills and whatever. Maybe and then like, but the first baseman on the Cyclones was great. He made a bunch of great plays, um, stretched out to you know he got a bunch of outs. He was you know but he was good, um, and got one hit. And uh, but then the game ended like the Cyclone or the slices lost like a horrible like, like a guy like swung and hit the ball but it went straight down like an inch forward and he knew that like all the catcher had to do was just reach forward, pick it up and tag him, and so he didn't even try to run. He just started like walking. And it was so embarrassed. Like, or he he started walking, and then the catcher didn't move. And so then he started to run, and then he realized that was fruitless. So he started walking again, and just got tagged out in shame, and the game ended. And it was like, oh, okay, uh, good job, buddy. You're not you're not gonna play many more games. But uh, still a great night. And then there are fireworks after. And there's a creepy guy, who's just who's just dressed in a weird, like in like bright red pants, 
in like a, a white button shirt within like a, a, a like a bright red vest and like a strange king hat on and he just he's he's just known as the king and he's like he's just running around the crowd like coked out of his mind like screaming at children and but fun like he's fun character but the king he, i mean I, I don't know i just like i would go back just to see the king's antics but i wouldn't take my eye off him either because i don't trust that guy so all in all a great night in coney island and uh a good sports memory because i also because what it taught me was it's important for sports to remember to not take themselves so seriously all the time and it's a good lesson for all of us i think because uh we even as fans, it's just you know you see people. I, I just I've been. I mean I take great and I, I take great enjoyment in listening to Bill Bills fans or Sabres fans, or any team's fans getting upset. Um, but at a certain point, my shot my Schadenfreude hasn't you know can only go so far, and I we have to take a step back and just enjoy enjoy the uh, silliness of it, whether it's the king or the pizza or the players. Um, so. It was a nice lesson of sports and a good reminder and a nice summer thing to do and, um, yeah, good perspective and good pizza. So with that, I think it's been a nice long episode. How, how are we doing? Yeah, 48 minutes of jibber-jabber. Um, it's a lot of talking to myself. So I'm looking to get one of these episodes, uh, get another uh, interview episode coming up. Uh, I don't know who or how, but um, I have a couple ideas of at least who. So... Um, that, that is probably going to be a thing that I'll do in the fall and, uh, you know, we're, we're gearing up. So I think I'll probably do another one right around, you know, maybe on the Labor Day weekend and then we'll be back in almost in season. We've got Sabres camp starting like in a couple weeks after that. And then before you know it is October. So I'll, uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. All right. Bye-bye.